In this podcast, we're going to review the slides for the liver, gallbladder, and pancreas. The first slide happens to be that of a pig liver. At this low magnification, you can identify lobules, portal areas, a central vein, which is almost just a little bit off-center, but towards the middle of the slide. You can see the sinusoids and parenchymal cells. In the human liver, uh, lobules are not as prominent as what you'd find in the pig liver because the pig liver has much more connective tissue than you'd find in the human liver. This is a little bit higher magnification. You can identify the central vein towards the middle of the slide, sinusoids that radiate out from the central vein, and parenchymal cells which are arranged in plates. You can observe flattened nuclei of endothelial cells or cupra cells that line the sinusoids, although at this magnification you can't distinguish between the endothelial cells and the cupra cells. Suffice it to say that you would know that cupra cells are resident macrophages within the liver. This is an unusual slide. It's of pig liver, and it was stained for glycogen, and it demonstrates that in the pig, glycogen-rich hepatocytes occur nearest to the central veins in each lobule. This is an unusual and unexpected finding, and it is perhaps unique to this animal. In humans, hepatocytes near the central vein are known to be the least likely to store glycogen, while hepatocytes near the portal areas are the most well-nourished in the lobule and thus more likely to store glycogen. This is a higher power view of the previous slide, and it's just here to show you the central vein, sinusoids, and the glycogen-rich hepatocytes. This is a plastic section. I think it's probably through human liver, and you can identify the central vein just about in the middle of the field, sinusoids, and parenchymal cells. Here's a view of the portal area in liver. You can identify a branch of the hepatic artery, a branch of the portal vein, which is collapsed and kind of near the top of the field, and a branch of the bile duct. Almost touching the hepatic artery, you can see a branch of a lymphatic vessel, and you can see the connective tissue surrounding these structures. The one thing you want to be able to note when you're looking at the branch of the bile duct, simple cuboidal epithelium that lines that duct. Notice the endothelium, which is quite prominent in the branch of the hepatic artery. Note, of course, the fairly extensive amount of smooth muscle that also lines that artery. Another view of the portal area. This is a plastic section. The portal vein is quite highly distended. There's a branch of a bile duct and a branch of the hepatic artery. And there is perhaps a profile just to the left of the bile duct, a branch of a lymphatic vessel. This is a plastic section through the liver. You can identify parenchymal cells, sinusoids, and nuclei of endothelial cells. You can actually see some white blood cells that are in the, the lumens of the sinusoids. Now the black arrows are highlighting bile canoniculi, and of course those are the very small spaces into which hepatocytes first drain bile, and of course those canoniculi coalesce to eventually form the small branches of the bile ducts that are in this organ. Another view of hepatocytes, the arrows are highlighting the bile canoniculi. You can see where the hepatocytes come together. Now at the light microscope you're not really resolving the membranes or the junctional complexes between these cells. Rather here you're just seeing light refraction and the stain collecting in these structures. 
Here's a low-power view of the gallbladder. You can identify the mucosa, which consists of a simple columnar epithelium. You can identify lamina propria, muscularis, and the adventitia, which contains some blood vessels. One thing you want to note in the gallbladder is the highly folded nature of the mucosa. Here's a little bit higher power view of the gallbladder mucosa, showing the well-defined columnar epithelial cells. The apices of these cells are fairly clear, and that's a very characteristic feature of the gallbladder epithelium. Uh, you can note the lamina propria in this slide. And the very extensive folding of the gallbladder mucosa, also very common. You see this mucosa folding fairly extensively into crypts. These crypts are called Rakotansky-Ashcroft crypts, and they're perfectly normal structures of the gallbladder mucosa. Here's a low-power view of the pancreas. You can identify some lobules, islets of Langerhans, and ducts. Note, there's a profile of an artery and a vein in the connective tissue associated with this organ. Here, a view of the pancreas. You can identify acini, intercalated ducts, the islets of Langerhans, and capillaries. And you can note capillaries clearly associated with the islet cells. A little bit higher power view of the secretory acini of the pancreas. You can identify individual acinar cells, zymogen granules in the acinar cells. You can see some profiles of intercalated ducts. There's a couple near the bottom right and near the top right there's an intercalated duct. You can also see some capillaries. Again, a view of the pancreas with an interlobular excretory duct surrounded by connective tissue. ACNR cells are visible containing the zymogen granules and the apical regions of these cells. A little bit of basophilia is located and seen in the basal regions of the ACNR cells. Pancreas showing the secretory cells and excretory ducts surrounded by cuboidal epithelium. You can also see a few profiles of intercalated ducts. Here is a very large excretory duct in the pancreas surrounded by connective tissue and even a small amount of smooth muscle. You can also identify acini and perhaps some lymphatic vessels.